You guys can grab your seat. Why don't you give someone a high five on the way down? Thank you, band. You did a phenomenal job. Well done, Mark and the team. So good. In the 1940s, one day a broken man was sitting in a church pew in Sydney. This man had had a really tough life. Uh, before meeting Christ, his, he was actually an orphan. His parents had given him up at a very young age. Um, he, he grew up in foster homes, had an incredibly tough childhood. Uh, by the time he was like 13, 14, 15, he was already an alcoholic, and he was in and out of jail all the time. Uh, he was a criminal. He was just uh, struggling with alcohol a lot. His, he had a rough childhood. He went through the Great Depression, and then came the, both the First World War and the Second World War. And this man, actually, he went to war. And as many soldiers did, it was quite a traumatic uh, experience for him. It was quite a traumatic time for him. And as he came back, everything in his life just continued to go down, downhill from there. He was a, an alcoholic and, and just really struggling from a tough childhood and tough life. He, he gave his life to Jesus, and it's such an incredible story that his life radically changed as he encountered Jesus, and his past was left behind him. You know, maybe there's someone here to, this morning, and you've never invited Jesus into your life. Well, there's going to be an opportunity at the end of this service for you to do that too. Two years later, this, this man whose name is Arthur Stace, he's sitting in a pew two years after he'd given his life to Jesus, and he's sitting there, and this evangelist, John Ridley, was preaching this message to the church that morning, and he said this one statement that would not leave Arthur's mind. The preacher said, oh, I wish that I could shout the word eternity throughout the streets of Sydney. He said, eternity, eternity eternity. But something so powerful happened in Arthur's heart that day. He began to weep. He just powerfully, this, the call of God came upon Arthur in this, this day. And from that day forward, he felt a calling from God that his life's message was this word eternity. If we can get this first picture come up behind me, what Arthur would do, this is such an incredible story, is every single morning for 35 years, Arthur would get up at 4 a.m. He'd pray about, God, where in Sydney do you want me to go and write the word eternity? And you know, every single day, he would write the word eternity, as you see behind me, 30 times a day, every single day for 35 years. It is estimated that he, in his lifetime, wrote the word eternity on the streets of Sydney with chalk over 550,000 times. It was an absolute phenomenon. But you know what I love is Arthur was so humble. No one knew it was him. It was just this thing that all over Sydney, uh, the word eternity was written in the streets. It was written on walls. It was written at subway stations. And this message began to get out that the council was going crazy trying to stop it. Um, all these things were happening, but he never got in trouble or arrested. But let me tell you, this man... He had such an influence on the city of Sydney, this one message he had on his heart that in 1999, as we entered into 2000, do you, you want to know what happened New Year's Eve, Sydney Harbour Bridge, if this next photo can come up, guess what was written there was the word eternity in his handwriting that went out to millions and millions and millions of viewers watching that live in Australia. This man had one message, and you can keep that photo up, thank you guys. 
This man had one message. It was for people to stop and think about eternity. And this man made such an influence on the city of Sydney and to this day, all around the world. I actually was doing some research. There's a cafe in like Switzerland named the Eternity Cafe after this guy. Like, what the heck? But he's made such a powerful influence. And, you know, I want to talk this morning about this man's message, eternity. I I want us to slow down here for a moment. Who knows that we have busy lives, right? Life can be full. Uh, Life is full of the urgent. I have to do this thing today or I have to do this and it's urgent, urgent, urgent. But you know, sometimes it's so powerful just to stop, to slow down and go, you know what? Let's not only focus on what is urgent in our life, but what is important. And let me tell you, eternity is important. And I'm excited this morning uh, to be preaching around this. And the title of my message, message today is an eternal perspective. Why doesn't everyone say eternal perspective? And we're going to look at a parable in the Bible. It's found in Luke 16, if the guys can get that first verse up. What a parable is, is Jesus, uh, the man we were talking about before who preached and was good and he's so amazing. Everywhere he'd go, he would preach around parables. And what a parable is, it's a story. But what is so powerful about parables is we connect to these stories and we can understand the concept of what God is trying to tell us. So we're going to pick up from verse 19. This is a parable. Jesus is speaking. He says, There was a certain rich man who splendidly clothed in purple and in fine linen and who lived in each day in luxury. Is anyone here wearing purple this morning? Yeah. No, are you really? Oh, your purple armband. Nice. So back then that was like what the rich people did. It was cool. We wear my purple linen. So he was um, wearing his linen every day, living in luxury, this man, this rich man. And it goes on to say, um, at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered in sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. That's disgusting. Thank you so much for that. I'm sorry. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. His soul went to the place of the dead. So this is a parable. When it's talking about Abraham, we don't need to get confused. This is a parable about eternity. Both these men passed away and they went to eternity. So let's read on from verse 23. There in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, Son, remember that during your lifetime you had everything you wanted. And Lazarus had nothing. So now he is being comforted and you are in anguish. Let's land it in next scripture. And besides that, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over to us from there. See, we're talking about two places in eternity. One man was somewhere with God and one was far from God. And what we learn here is once we reach eternity, there's no crossing between the two. But let's finish with this. It then goes on and it says this. Then the rich man said, Please, Father Abraham, and let at least send him to my father's house. Next verse. For I have five brothers and I want to warn him to warn, sorry, for him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. That's pretty heavy, isn't it, here this morning? But 
you know, I want us to look at what happened here. See, Jesus said this parable for a reason. God put it in the Bible for a reason. And it's not for us to be afraid, but God is trying to show us something here. So we, we see this man who's lived his life with what I would call a temporary perspective. He was successful. He had a busy life. His life was full. He had everything he wanted. The Bible said he lived in luxury. He had his purple linen thing going on. It was happening. But, you know, he, was fo- he spent his lifetime focusing on things that would only affect his lifetime. I want us to note that he wasn't evil per se. We, we, we don't read this evil man. He was just busy. He, his life was full. He had a full life. He lived his life based off what it was urgent. You know, what mattered in this lifetime, not necessarily what was important. And this is a great point for us here this morning is that our world tries to sell us what success looks like. If I can just get this much money, I'm going to be happy and successful. If I can just get this fame and popularity, I'll be happy and successful. But maybe that's actually a bit of a, it's a lie. It's a trap. I think Jesus wants to teach us differently that yes, those things are wonderful, but you know what? They're not what we're meant to spend our life um, chasing. And as his lifetime came to an end, he face eternity and he did not have faith in Jesus he was stuck in a place far from God but he had this moment he had a moment where his his mindset shifted from a temporary perspective to an eternal perspective he had a revelation of eternity and Piata I'm going to invite you up I got to um can you come up and bring the rope with you but as she's coming up thank you so much let's see if give these guys a hand these guys are amazing if you, one of you grab one end, he had this revelation of eternity. And I want to help us understand uh, now what that looks like. You can just keep walking that way. I want you to imagine uh, eternity. If we look at Piata, if you hold the end, our lifetime, I want you to imagine on a time scale, our lifetime is just the knob of the, the rope that Piata's holding. It's like this long. And then I want you to imagine if she continued walking north and she went um, past uh, you know, Harvey Bay kept walking north, went to North Queensland, got on a boat. She kept heading north throughout uh, the Papua New Guinea, kept going north and north and north. I want you to imagine she kept walking and she went all around the earth, way of the earth and then came back and met Piata and then kept walking and ran around the earth a hundred times. This is a great picture of what eternity is. Our lifetime is seriously this big, but what eternity is, is so much more. And this man was living, focusing on his 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 small lifetime where God is calling you and I to focus on our eternal perspective, which is so much bigger than you and I can even imagine. If you imagine that eternity is forever, our lifetime is actually quite short uh, when you compare the two. So thank you guys. You can give these guys a hand. Well done. Great modeling. This man had this revelation, but my thought I want to throw out this morning is it was too late. He all of a sudden had this revelation, and you know what came out of his heart is, oh, please let me go back and tell my friends and my family that eternity is real. And the challenge of this is for him, that revelation happened too late, but I, want to, I, want, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to have that revelation. I want to live my life every day with an eternal perspective. I don't want to wait till the end of my life to start thinking like that. And I want to encourage us tonight, uh, this morning, sorry, if we can live with an eternal perspective, you know, we don't have, we can learn from this man's mistake in this parable that he was sharing. And I, you know, I want to share my 
moment I had this revelation. When I was about seven years old, I remember it so well. It's probably one of my earliest memories. We were at a family holiday. I don't know where we were. It's so random where I was, but I was, I was just sitting, I was having a shower, and just out of nowhere, as a young boy, God spoke to me, and He asked me a question. This question would change my life forever. This question to this day, it still is so powerful in my life. And he asked me, he said, Dan, if you had to give up every single cent, you will earn for the rest of your life. If you had to give up every single second of the rest of your life and you had to sacrifice that and, and, and lay it down just so one person could spend eternity in heaven. I'm sitting in the shower and God said, would you do it? I'm seven year old, like what the heck is wrong with me, right? Like I was thinking deep for a young boy, but I'm sitting there and you know what came out of my heart is I said, you know what, God, you know, I would. And I had this revelation of the value of one soul and a revelation of eternity. And let me tell you from that day, that put a fire in my heart that I have one lifetime. If you look at that rope, I have one lifetime to live for God, to affect people's eternities. I have one chance to reach people for Jesus. And I, I, on that day, I was like, you know what? I want to live with an eternal perspective. That has shaped me and it still does to this day. And the greatest power of living with an eternal perspective Perspective. It isn't actually about our own eternity. See, when you and I enter into a relationship with Jesus, we are assured of our eternity. We know we're going to spend it with God. But the power of this is that we have one lifetime to help other people, to God use our life for others to go to heaven. And in the wise words of the mighty prophet Russell Crowe, what we do in this life echoes in eternity. What we do in this life echoes in eternity. I have one last picture I want to show you, and then we come back to the bridge. Every time I do my vision board at the start of a year or I'm trying to motivate myself, this picture is the first one I pick. Let me tell you why. You know, I, I have such a desire in my life that at the end of my days, when I, when I come and breathe my last breath, and I, breath, breath, when I leave my breast, what? No. I don't have, what? Okay. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. I need some more coffee. Anyway, getting off breast, chicken, anyway. When I leave my, my last breath, not S, th, when I breathe my last breath, I'm going to come to Jesus and I'm going to have a moment. And you know what my heart desires more than anything else is he will look me in the eyes and he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Every person that I called you to reach for me, you did. You gave it your all. And I know that when I get to heaven and when you get to heaven, we will get to see the true influence our life made on eternity. And I look at this and I go, God, there are people that you have called me to reach and, a, and something rises on the inside of me. And I'm like, come on, I got only one lifetime, one shot to see people come to know Jesus. And as I look at this, I'm so motivated and inspired. And I hope it inspires you. We have one lifetime to make a difference in eternity. There are people, you can change back to the bridge, thank you, that God has called you specifically to reach for Him. There are people in your life right now that He has called you specifically to reach for Him. But what does this all mean? What does it look like to live with an eternal perspective? I want us to look at God's heart for people. If we go to 2 Peter 3 verse 9, God says this, Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 
We need to know that God loves people. His heart beats for people. His heart beats for those who are far from Him, from those who are hurting, from those whose society has forgotten, from those who right now aren't in a relationship with Him. But you know what? He has given every single one of us and every human being free will. God cannot force somebody to be in a relationship with Himself. God actually relies and He needs people like you and I to be His ambassadors, to be His messengers, to be His hands and feet, to reach people who are on His heart. We need to know that God loves people in our life who are far from Him, and He is looking for people He can use to reach them. I'm about to share a scripture, one of my favorite in the Bible. It it moves me, and I know this morning it will encourage you. If we can get up Isaiah 6, 8, verse 9. Check this out. It says, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? If we pause there as he keep the scripture up, God is looking for people. He's saying, who can I send to a broken world? Who can I send to your workplace? Who can I send to your school and your university? Who will go for us and, and reach people and live with an eternal perspective? And you know what? Isaiah in the Bible and our heart, if we want to live with an eternal perspective, our heart needs to be, Lord, here I am, send me. God is just looking for you and I to say yes to the call. And if you and I have a yes on the inside of us, that God will use us to not only um, do amazing things in this lifetime, but to impact people's eternities. You know, every morning in my prayer time, most mornings, sorry, I'm on my knees and I'm just like, God, here I am. Send me. I know there's people you've called me to reach, God. And I kneel before you this morning. I say, here I am, God. Whatever it takes, send me to the people you've called me to reach. It's my heart. And I know as, as you say yes to God, you will be be amazed at what He does through your life, and you will find He will use you to reach people for Him. The key is that He sends us. And I want to ask a question here this morning. How would you live differently if you woke up every day and went to work, university, or school as if you were sent by God? How would you behave differently? How would you prepare differently? How would you live your life knowing God had sent you? And maybe, you know, there's some people here, and I've been here, I'm like, why am I in this place? I remember being in a workplace, and I'm like, God, why? You know, I'm actually quite frustrated. I love my job. And maybe it's actually because God has sent you there for a purpose. There are people there who need Jesus. And I can say one of my biggest regrets uh, in my life is I have been in workplace environments, and I look back now, and I know God wanted to use me to reach people. But because I wasn't living and leaning into what we're talking to this morning, I missed that opportunity. And, and now I'm not there anymore. And I, that opportunity is gone. But you know what? God is, wants to use you and send you everywhere you go. And this is not a message just for evangelists. Let me tell you, this is for all of us. God has called all of us, the Bible says, to do the work of an evangelist. This is for every believer. God wants to use your life to shift eternities. And I want to encourage you this morning. God has people in your life who right now are ready for an invite to church. They're ready to invite Jesus into their life. And God is wanting to send you into their world. But you might be asking, that's great, 
Dan, but how do I do that? You know, you might be like, and thinking like, Dan, I don't want to be on the streets of Malulabar, like preaching the gospel and like throwing, whacking people with Bibles, or I don't want to be like that wacky person at work that everyone's like, what the heck's wrong with that guy? You know what? It's actually not like that at all. And I want to share how practically you and I can do this. It is so much more normal than you think. And I am telling you, every one of us can do it. You might say, no, no, Dan, you don't know me. I'm, I'm timid and I'm shy. No, I'm telling you, God can use every single person in this place to change people's eternities. Amen? Why don't we give God a hand? Isn't that good? Isn't that encouraging? But how does this look? Number one is we pray. Everyone say pray. Never underestimate the power of prayer. For me, everything we're talking about today, it simply flows out of my prayer life. I don't actually naturally just want to like go up to people and and invite them to church. It has to come out of my prayer time. It sounds simple, but I believe it is the key for you and I. And there's two areas that I pray for. Number one is I just simply pray every day, uh, most days, God, use me. God, I actually, I want to be. Here I am, Lord, send me. What I was praying before, God, I want you to use my life to reach people for you. Do you know there is so much power as you and I pray that, God, I am here, I am available, and I want you to use me. Let me tell you, God, here's that prayer. I was once reading a book. Uh, it was an autobiography of Smith Wigglesworth. He was in the 1800s. He like lived and breathed what we were talking about. He was incredible. And I was reading his story. And you know what it said? That he would literally, there was such an anointing on him and God wanted to use him so much. He would walk through the streets of uh, England and his shadow would go on someone who was sitting on the side of the road and they would begin to weep with conviction and begin to say, I need Jesus. And, they would, and he would literally um, then say, the prayer with them right on the street just because their shadow touched them. And I was reading this book. I was so inspired. I was like, God, I want that. I want you to use me like you use Smith. Guess what happened? 10 minutes later, not, not kidding, I get this Facebook message out of a, from a friend I hadn't seen in like well over five years. It had nothing to do with them. They must have still followed me on social media. And, and 10 minutes after I prayed that prayer, I get this message and they're like, hey, Dan, uh, do you go to a church? I'd actually love to come with you to church this Sunday. Do you know what happened? Uh, they came, they brought their partner, and they both gave their heart to Jesus that Sunday. Isn't that amazing? Out of prayer. As you and I pray, God hears and He will use our life. But number two, we want to pray for our friends and our family who don't know Jesus. Um, well, there's a prayer card our church has. And if, if you want a prayer card, you can go and grab it um, from the service desk. But we can just write down the names of people in our life we know God's called us to reach. And you know what? Number one, we pray that God would use us. But number two, we pray for the ones that God has put on our heart. Every day we're praying for them. That prayer card teaches us how to pray for them. And you know what? As I said, there is so much power as we pray. And as we're praying for our friends and our family, God is moving and preparing them for that moment when uh, they will be invited and say yes to Jesus. So I want to encourage you here this morning, make sure if you're one of those people saying, yes, Lord, send me, I want to be used to change people's eternities. We need to be praying. Make that a part of your everyday prayer life. I'm praying for my friends and family who don't know Jesus. Amen. Hey, point number two, invest into relationships. Everyone say relationships. People want to know that we care about them and love them before they will listen. 
They want to know that you actually, we actually care about them, that we're not just trying to get them along to something or do something. No, they want to know that this person loves and cares for me. And love speaks so much louder than words. I know I was sharing, my brother, he's on my prayer list. He has been for over 10 years. And you know, my number one thing is right now, I've, tr- I've tried to talk to him. It's just, it's the, no, it's not what I need to do right now. But I've made a decision. I'm going to love him with all of my heart. And I know as I love him and as I'm kind to him and generous, that God, want his, his walls will come down. He will soften his heart and the walls, and that will happen. You know, the Bible summarizes Jesus in one sentence. He says, Jesus was a man full of compassion and unfailing love. If anyone met Jesus, man of compassion, unfailing love. My question this morning is if I was to ask someone in your workplace, would they say the same thing about you? Dan's a man full of compassion. He's so kind. He's so generous. And as you and I love the people in our world like Jesus would love them and treat them, you'll find that people's hearts will just open. They'll be warm and they'll be like, they'll be ready and open to hear the message of Jesus. When I was at uni, I had a job that I was just um, doing to save up for a wedding um, and all that and while I was still studying at uni. And yeah, in this, in this job, there was this girl here. She was a bit younger than me and, you know, I, I would work with her probably about once a week. And I, I remember the first time we met, she's kind of like, we were working together for like eight hours a day and she'd be like, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm like a, I'm studying to be a teacher and I'm a youth pastor. And, and she's like, what, at a church? And I was like, yeah. And straight away her walls just went up. And I was like, whoa, okay, don't talk about church. She does want, no, not a cool thing. For the next three to four months, we would work together, as I said, probably once a week. God spoke to me and said, you know what? Uh, she's someone who I want you to pray for. And I, and I just knew that God wanted to use me to reach her. So I put her on my prayer card. I began to pray for her. But you know, my number one focus, I and Ebony um, uh, helped as well, my wife, and we both got to know her. We just focused on being kind and generous. We'd do things like we'd shout her lunch. Um, when she'd go through a hard time, she'd love to talk to us and you know although our life was full this was important and so we'd listen and her her I just noticed slowly over time her walls came down because she knew that Ebony and I actually cared about her and loved her and one day four months later the time came and she said you know what Dan can you actually tell me a little bit about Jesus and I felt the Holy Spirit say now's the time to invite her and I opened up about my testimony I said hey I'm actually coming to, I'm preaching at church this Sunday night you should come with me and you know what after four months months of praying and just focusing purely on investing into our relationship, being kind and generous. She said yes. She came along and as soon as I gave that opportunity, she was the first hand up. She came to the altar and she gave her heart to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Never underestimate the power of kindness and generosity. It's what the world doesn't offer, but Jesus, is it's, the, it's so powerful. His love through us opens people's hearts. And my third thing, and you would have heard me, I said this, it's listen and be bold. There came a moment, I was praying for her, I was praying for God to use me, but there came a moment where I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, then now's the time to to invite her. We need to use wisdom, we need to hear from God, but when it's the right moment, God will make it so clear. And I used to be so afraid of these moments, can I be honest with you, I was so scared. What would I say? What if they ask me this question I have no idea about? But let me tell you, man, the Holy Spirit gives me the words to say every time. And although I'm still still scared, I still get intimidated, 
I've found. God helps me in those moments. And when I hear, now's the time, I just got to be bold. We have to just be bold. When God speaks, we need to step out and be bold and go the bold and invite them to church. I want to throw a thought out. On the other side of your boldness, on the other side of you stepping out of your comfort zone, I remember I was, I was so nervous. I'm like, she, she doesn't want to talk about church. But on the other side of our boldness, someone's eternity could shift forever. Their life and their family's life and their generations to come could change on the other side of our boldness. As you and I do these three things, as we pray, pray God use me. I want to live with an eternal perspective. I want to reach people. As we pray for our friends and family who don't know Jesus, as we invest into relationships, as we focus on being a loving, generous, kind, warm person, as we have meals with them, as we go above and beyond to bless them, and then as we're listening, we enter every day with our antennas up, God, when's the right moment? And we be bold. I'm telling you, God will use your life. And one day you'll get to heaven and you will see the, the true impact of what your life did. And you will hear the words saying, well done, good and faithful servant. As we live with an eternal perspective, I'm telling you, God will use our life. Can we all close our eyes right now? We heard from Pastor John earlier that we have Duncan Armstrong next weekend. And then we have the Easter services the week after. Let me tell you, Duncan Armstrong, that is the easiest invite to anyone to come to church. Hey, there is an Olympian who broke a world record. You probably know him. His name's Duncan Armstrong. Why don't you just come and check out his story? Or Easter, man, people's hearts are open at Easter. But what I want us to do right now is our eyes are closed. I just want to give God space. And I want you to ask God, who do you want me to invite to one of these services? Just ask Him right now in your heart, who is the one for me? You'll find in this moment that, and I know, it's how I can feel it happening right now, that someone's face will just come to your imagination, a friend, family member who you've been praying for. You'll just begin to think of somebody in your life. That's God speaking to you. God loves that person. God's pursuing them. And he's asking you and I to be bold, to pray. Let's, let's make a commitment, whoever God's speaking to you about. Let's make a commitment. This week, we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray God would use us in the right opportunities. Let's pray that they will say yes to the invite. Let's love on them this week. Let's invest into our relationship with these people. But more than anything, let's listen to the Holy Spirit. When we find that right moment this week, let's go bold. And maybe on the other side of your boldness, you'll have a loved one, a friend, a colleague who will say yes to Jesus. And in a moment, their eternity will be with God. Amen? As just as every eye's closed, can you just give me a wave? Who's, who's heard God about someone that, that God's got on their heart? Just, just quickly raise your hands. All good. Awesome. There's hands going up everywhere. It's fantastic. Well, guys, you can open your eyes now. Thank you, Jesus. So good.
Well, as I said, come see me if you wanted to put your hand up then, but I just want to encourage you guys. God wants to use you. And as you live every day with an eternal perspective, you will see many people come to know the Lord. So God bless you. Thank you, Josh.